Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, September 25th. Today's big idea? Why the divider-in-chief embraces culture wars. The most fitting slogan for Donald Trump's permanent populist campaign, which continues nearly a year after the 2016 election ended, might be us against them. I don't know Latin, but I do know that what we saw from the president this weekend is the opposite of e pluribus unum. Trump really is the divider-in-chief. During a Friday night rally in Alabama, Trump went off on players like former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who kneeled during the national anthem. Kaepernick was trying to draw attention to police violence against African Americans. Trump says he's disrespecting the country, the flag, and the troops. Using some profanity, he suggested that NFL owners should fire players for disrespecting the flag. Trump, responding to raucous applause that he got at the rally, followed up with a dozen tweets on this subject over the weekend. He's also tweeting again Monday morning. He disinvited the Golden State Warriors from coming to the White House to celebrate their NBA championship because he said, quote, Stephen Curry is hesitating. Trump allies see this NFL spat as the perfect wedge issue. The president relishes culture wars like this that rile up his forgotten man base, as he likes to call them, and telegraph that he's on their side against the elites, whether that's in Hollywood or New York or the NFL. There are plenty of dynamics here, like race, political correctness, and media bias, where all sides are ready to dig in. Trump wants himself right in the middle of it all, so that he can signal to his base that he's picked a side, and he's on their side, that it's us versus them. Picking fights with people like Kaepernick is Trump's modus operandi. He thrives on feuds, and he likes setting up binary contrasts between himself and others. For example, Trump's still campaigning against Hillary Clinton as a foil because he wants conservatives to judge him against her, not on his own merits. He called her crooked Hillary at that Alabama rally on Friday, and the crowd chanted, lock her up. He didn't stop him. Senator Ben Sass, a Republican from Nebraska who earned a doctorate in history from Yale, says that the NFL players who kneeled in solidarity to respond to Trump are playing right into his hands. But the size of their protest and the surprising level of solidarity from fans and owners, including controversial conservative owners who have been big Trump donors, was also reminiscent of what happened after Joe McCarthy went to war against the Army in 1954. The demagogue from Wisconsin got away with pushing around a lot of relatively weak individuals before then. But he overreached when he took on one of the most favored institutions in American life. With Eisenhower's tacit support, the Army fought back against McCarthy, and Americans took the Army's side. At long last, has Trump no sense of decency? And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Trump administration announced new restrictions Sunday on visitors from eight countries in an expansion of the pre-existing travel ban that bars issuing visas to citizens of six majority Muslim countries. The new banned countries are Chad, North Korea, of course, and Venezuela. Trump also removed Sudan from the earlier list. This comes on the day that a key portion of Trump's original ban was due to expire. The new restrictions will be phased in over time and will not affect anyone who already holds a U.S. visa. Number two, a new version of the Cassidy Graham health care bill would send more dollars to Alaska and Maine. It's not a coincidence. Those states are represented by Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, who have both expressed deep concerns about the bill, but haven't announced how they plan to vote. 
According to a summary obtained exclusively by the Post, Alaska would get 3% more funding between 2020 and 2026 than under the current draft of the law. Maine would get 43% more funding during that time period. Two Republican senators, Rand Paul of Kentucky and John McCain of Arizona, have already said they will vote against Cassidy Graham. So a third no vote would be enough to doom this bill, since no Democrats are going to support it. Ted Cruz also expressed skepticism and said he'd vote no on the current version Sunday. Number three, Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner has used a private email account to conduct and discuss official White House business dozens of times. Kushner used the private account through his first nine months in government service, even as Trump continued to aggressively criticize Hillary Clinton for her use of a private email account for government business. Kushner's use of a private account mirrors a broader trend within the Trump White House. Many senior White House officials, including Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon, regularly correspond with journalists about government business on their personal cell phones. That's against the law. It is a violation of the Public Records Act. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, September 25th. Before I say goodbye, I have a quick favor to ask. As you know, The Daily 202 audio briefing just launched this summer. I've been enjoying giving you this audio version of The Big Idea, and I really would love to hear your feedback. What's working? What's not? How can this be the best briefing for your morning? So I'd be grateful if you could take just a couple minutes between now and October 5th to fill out a listener survey at WashingtonPost.com slash big idea. WashingtonPost.com slash big idea. If you fill out the survey, you will be entered into a sweepstakes to win one of five $100 Amazon gift cards. Again, the survey is at WashingtonPost.com slash big idea. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.